Welcome to Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management, where we encourage you to invest in what you love. Ellis Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm focused on planning, advice, coaching, and investment management. We are dedicated to the families we serve, and we encourage you to invest in what you love. Within Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on sharing, and developing human capital. Thank you for joining us today for part two with our special guest, Officer Jacob Hubby, as we continue our conversation on steps and actions parents can take to continue to keep our families safe. Jacob, thank you very much. This is going to be part two of our conversation. Um, are you are you still with me? I am, Paul. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, for those that didn't listen to part one yet, um, I'll provide a link to the first part of the interview, and we'll now roll with part two. Thanks, Jacob. You're very welcome, Paul. Right. But Absolutely. The, but the other thing that I saw in, in reading this paper and you and I had talked about this, is we, we didn't want to just talk about the, the feelings of police officers because there's going to be those that say, well, that's your job. Okay, I got it. Right. Um, yeah. But what can parents and citizens do because available officers are at, an, at record lows and high right. crimes in Washington are at an all-time high? So – Merely saying, boy, I wish we'd have more police officers or I wish these people would stop doing these things. Um, it could be an opportunity to hear from you how people can empower themselves in a world of, small, of a smaller police force. How, how, what are some things that people can do um, personally or in, in their community, some positive things yeah. that can build, uh, yield some big returns? Yeah. Um Great, great question. Great point. Um, you know, people need to a know they need to know the realities of of their of where they live. And I think a lot of people would be surprised um, what's going on in their own neighborhood. Okay, and I'm not just talking about people where where crime is typical. Right, I'm talking about your average middle class, middle to upper class neighborhoods. Crime is happening around you, I can assure you, especially in this state. People need to know that response times from the police are very, very slow, uh, given the, the, the staff, the, the critical staffing needs that we have on any given day. You know, obviously we have to prioritize calls that come in, calls for service that come in. We have to prioritize them and we need to respond to the ones that are in progress. And even the ones that are in progress, we, we are, prioritizing those as well, given on priorities of life. I'm a big fan of the Second Amendment. I believe it's there for multiple reasons. The Constitution provides that to us for on many different facets. And one of them is to arm yourself for self-protection. So I'm, I'm a big fan of people arming themselves, law-abiding citizens that arm themselves and take a a serious look around them and know that there's crime happening and they train for that crime to happen and they train themselves and they, and they equip themselves and they get ready for 
the possibility of someone trying to victimize them, I think that is very empowering to the individual. And people need to start looking at themselves as individuals that they are with individual liberties to include mm-hmm. the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. And instead of like, oh, I'm, I'm a part of this community. I'm a part of this or that. It's like, you know what? When the bad guy has intent on doing harm on you and it's just you and the bad guy, your community at that point means nothing. I can assure you. Okay. So what you have and what you're doing to protect yourself, the proactive nature that you are taking as it pertains to living in reality, opening your eyes to the real crime statistics that are surging right now, 15 years, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen stolen vehicles, vehicle prowls, burglaries both residential and commercial. I've never seen so many in my, I've never taken so many reports in my life. And I am working patrol right now, by the way. I'm just a regular cop on patrol. And I've never seen these stats that I'm seeing. I've never taken so many reports in my life on this stuff. And as you mentioned, uh, I don't know if it was on air or uh, in our previous conversation, uh, person's crimes is up, meaning homicides. Uh, We just had one recently in my city. Mm. Um, in the last, in the last week, person's crimes are up. So, and that's every crime. So as, as property crime surge, people's crime surge, that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of people training themselves with, in the use of firearms and protecting themselves. Go ahead. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying and there's maybe people who are listening and they're saying, wow, that's a, they're here. What they're hearing is that's a radical step. Now that it may not be radical, but I'm saying there may be those that are listening that may say, you know, that's a radical step. Some people may or may not be ready for that particular step. Sure. And yeah, and so there may be other things that they can do as well. Let me share with you my my where I think you're going with this. When you buy a car for the first time, it's not it's not your parents' car. <laughs> it's not your parents' keys. It's your keys. It's it's you you worked for the car. You've got this car. You have to take care of this vehicle. At least this way the way it was back in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, it, and and you would your your dad, your uncle, your your friend would you know walk around the car with you, and you open the trunk. Okay, here's the tools in the trunk. We used to have to carry tools in the trunk because you you could work on an engine back then, right? And sure. it was like, yeah. what what are the things that I have to take care of this car? How do I take care of this car? Are there are there courses that I can take? Like in my old, yep. in, in one of my churches when I was growing up, they had uh, courses for for single parent uh, single parent moms how to know a couple of things about a car that they could work on their car. Not from a sexist standpoint, but I mean, there were for single parent moms. You know, back in the day, you could fix your car. You could put duct tape on something and fix it. Today, you need you need sure. a computer and and everything else, but. There were some things that you, a checklist of things that you could go through. And certainly 
the opportunity to protect yourself with the Second Amendment of the Constitution backing up that choice is on the table. And if someone chooses to do that, they should take courses, they should practice appropriately, they should read and learn and understand the use of that particular tool for that particular thing. And I think you agree with that wholeheartedly. I I completely agree. And we're coming off a generation of war veterans that are doing nothing but consulting on these matters. And there's more training, more information tactically and and from a weapon standpoint uh, than there ever has been. All you have to do is YouTube some of these things and you're going to see I don't know how many Navy SEALs have their own uh, YouTube channels now, you know, what I right. mean? And, and Army Green Berets and Marine Recon guys, you know, these, these guys are the cream of the crop as it pertains to tactics and, and, and how to, and they're, and they're, they're training moms, they're training teachers, they're training the average person out there that's, that's doing work that you wouldn't think you, you would need to protect yourselves. But what my whole point is, is that people need to seriously consider Seriously consider it. Get out of your comfort zone a little bit and say, mm-hmm. is this something that I, I'm even capable of doing? And if so, then I, I would highly encourage people to explore that, to explore that option. You know, Excellent. some of the other things, yeah, some of the other things that I would say as it pertains to, you know, people uh, equipping themselves is, you know, and I'm going to get kind of basic right now because this is something that I deal with on a, on a daily basis. I, I come across these folks that are flabbergasted that, they left their purse or their wallet in their car and then their window smashed and it's gone. Like, and mm. they're just dumbfounded. It's like, okay, keep your cars clean. Keep them clear, out of sight, out of mind, right? So there's one basic. Back porches. I don't know how many times I'm driving around neighborhoods and I'm seeing bikes and property just out and about or garage doors open, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, these are things that people need to think about. Uh, it, 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 goes without be, it goes without saying, but I'm telling you, there is a large majority of people that are that are doing stuff like this to one degree or another. So, I w- one thing that I want to highlight is when it comes to the burglaries, one of the things that when we're able to catch people doing residential and commercial burglaries is when people have solid surveillance systems in place that they are able to operate, connect to their phones real time. Instead of hiring a security company and then they get notified and then they notify us, you know, 10, 20 minutes later, people are getting notified on their phone and they're saying, uh, I'm watching a guy in my house right now type of thing. Gotcha. And that's when we're catching, that's when we're catching these guys. So, you know, I don't know if this is a little bit too pra- like basic or, you know, practical for this discussion, but uh, I feel like it's worth being mentioned because I feel like I'm running my head in the wall with uh, folks out here that aren't really thinking about some of these things, you know? And those are, um, and those are things that parents should be able to speak to their, their kids about as well. You know, put your bike away. Make sure that the garage is down. I mean, there needs to be a dialogue between parents and the youth in regards to how to protect ourselves as a family and, you know, the expectations that we have in the family and making sure that that things are, you know, high and tight in our house. Absolutely. I don't know if this is a segue, but uh, having those conversations with your kids, especially your teenage kids, you know, I think as a culture, parenting has taken on a new definition, which is I need to feed them. I need to lodge them. I need to put them in sports. I need to get them a cell phone at age eight to 13. 
and I need to make sure they have a driver's license at 16 and then I am blessed as a good parent. And I, and obviously it's an oversimplification, but how many parents out there know what apps are on their kid's phone, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, how many kids, how many parents out there right now that are listening, how many of their kids are on Snapchat? When I was uh, a school resource officer for a school with roughly 1,600 kids, the, uh, so a small little city, it's a small little city that I was the single officer for. And um, every single criminal element behavior at all was all communicated via Snapchat. And Snapchat's very empowering for young people. A lot of people are like, oh, are we really talking about Snapchat right now? But a lot of parents don't know. I mean, the average parent that I'm coming across that's at least my age or older, they don't know exactly what's going down on Snapchat, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, it's messages sent, that messages delete. Kids can run around, behave in whatever manner they want with impunity. And uh, it really encourages bad behavior and criminal behavior. And so if you have teenagers that drive, that have phones, you need to know what's go- what's going on with your teenager at all times. It's basic, basic parenting, but I think a lot of us are chasing the almighty dollar so much that we think, oh, I've done the basics and, and I'm doing my thing and my kids are doing their thing. And that's, the, I think, the wrong approach. And I think that's a cultural shift that's happened in our society that's yielding bigger problems than we anticipated, especially young men out there. Uh, young men uh, need to be held accountable, especially with phones and the internet and vehicles, for sure. Well, I think to to your point, any insurance actuary will let you know that the biggest spike in your insurance rates are teenagers <laughs> and yeah. those under 24, no right? No doubt. Yeah. Um, because a lot of things happen there. A lot of things happen there. Your kids may be great. My kids may be great. But it doesn't mean that bad things can't happen to those kids or to the to that age bracket. You know, my son's car was totaled by somebody else while he was driving in it. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't help my insurance rate. Thank you very much. <laughs> right? Because it, it actually... It's funny how that works. It's funny how that works. And it was the other person's <laughs> fault completely. But the reality of it is you're talking about a part of the bell curve where a lot of this activity takes place. And if you can remove certain things or mitigate certain things to lower that part of the bell curve's um, challenges, you're only helping yourself and you're only helping your family. Having a dialogue with your kids or your children regarding what apps are on their phone is smart. It's smart parenting because you understand what's going on out there in the community. You may trust your child implicitly, but do you trust the other other people that you don't know? And most people will say, no, they don't. And so to be able to, you know, mitigate some of those issues it's like why we don't have our kids driving their car, you know, after midnight. Right. If we can avoid it. Why? Right. Because of the old phrase, nothing good happens after midnight, and it certainly doesn't happen <laughs> great in that in that in that age bracket. So once again, having a checklist, having a dialogue, sharing 
family expectations, how we can work together, sharing family standards. This is what we this is what we're for, this is what we're not for. That's the mm-hmm. job of a parent to right. to raise the flag to the family flag at that level, whatever it is, and then expect that, but you can only expect it if you communicate it. Right. And, and to That's your right. point, society's challenges in different communities, whether it's burglary, common theft, you know, people coming into the house un, unwanted, I'm saying things nicely, um, <laughs> the, the, those things are not happening to the community, they're happening to you. You know, they're not looking to get everybody on the block. And even if they are, do you want to be part of that group? So there's things right. that you're, what you're sharing, I think, makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hope I'm not oversimplifying points that are obvious common sense to a lot of your listeners. I, you know, I want to make sure I'm showing respect to your listeners. But at the same time, I'm just maybe it's also a way of sharing with your listeners the vast majority of the people that I'm coming in contact with on duty are people that don't understand these, these concepts. Well, it's like if you work in the, if it's like, if you work in the OR, you're going to see people who ride skateboards. You're going to see a lot of people come through the OR because of skateboard injuries. And when you go home, you probably tell your kids, you know what, if you can avoid that, that's probably a better deal. Just because of the yeah. percentage of people, and yeah. you might laugh about this, I was in the OR for a skateboard injury a few years ago, and it was in my house. My kids were getting ready for for for, for de- getting ready for bed. There was a skateboard in my daughter's room, and I thought I'd just walk the dog on the skateboard. You know, one of those old tricks we used to do, right? And uh, I watched. Seemed like a good idea at the time. It seemed like a great idea at the time, right? And I went forward, and that was great. And I went backward and backward and backward and backward and backward, and I got launched. And I went straight into the bookcase, and I ended up with you know quite a few stitches. Luckily for me, it you know it 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 didn't it didn't end up worse than it could have. Never got on the skateboard again. Skateboard banished, <laughs> banished, right? Banished. And my kids weren't too wild about getting one on, on either, right? <laughs> the entire family went to the ER where, you know, I'm, I'm holding my head and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting sewn up there, you know? So I bet that was quite the night, Paul. It was a great night. It was a great night. We we learned a lot of things. We we learned a lot yeah. of things. My guardian angel was working overtime, you know. No, but, yeah. yeah. But I mean what you're sharing is from a person, a professional point of view, this is what you see. This is your job. This is what you see daily. This is the things that you're trying to help people put back together their lives regarding. And here are some things right. that would mitigate those issues and for wise people to be able to take a look at it and say, Hey, yeah, parents, if you, if you know about Snapchat and TikTok and, you know, Roblox and some of these other things, um, you should mitigate that, mitigate the amount of time on the phone after midnight or, or oh, yeah. there's things that you can do. Um, there is get together with your tech friends, you know, that, that understand these things, you know, like GPS tracking and, 
it's a trust but verify thing, right? And we want to empower our kids to be critical thinkers and to make decisions for themselves. But at the same time, you want to verify that they're doing those things. Well, and this is what I absolutely love about the things that you share. Your entire purpose is to share that critical thinking is empowering. You want mm-hmm. to share from your experience and you want to encourage listeners to refine, hone, and increase their critical thinking abilities in these different areas. And if they do that, if they do that, they'll have a better relationship with their kids. They'll have a better relationship with their community. They'll definitely have a better relationship with law enforcement if they come into contact with law enforcement. There's things that we can do. We can learn. We can read the Dolan Report. We can be in we can reach out to our local precinct and develop relationships uh, as a community or individually, ride. go for a ride, you know, Yeah. and we can have the type of community, the type of world we want to, if we're willing to empower ourselves, if we're willing to learn, and if we're willing to take a look at that check sheet or checklist and say, these are the things that are open to me. These are the things that I can do. These are the things that I can learn further. And then we can pick and choose those things that fit with our moral compass, with where we want to be as a community and a family. Yeah. But to merely rely on the police to show up when there's less police, that's not critical thinking. That's not even logical. It's not. You're kidding yourself if that's your approach. You don't have to think about these things until you do. I do recognize the fact that there's good and there's evil in this world. And I'm going to do everything in my power uh, to mitigate evil from crossing, you know, the boundaries into my life. That makes perfectly good sense. I think that's what people need to do. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Empowerment personally, empowerment as a family, empowerment as a community really sets up the societal changes and the working for peace that, that we all want. Involvement is the key, personal involvement. Amen. Listen, brother, I want to thank you for your time today. It's always a pleasure, and I, I'm taking notes. Uh, a lot of things I didn't know, and um, I'm sure that listeners really, really are going to benefit. Well, Paul, it's, uh, it's, it's an honor. Even when uh, we're not live together, uh, it's always an honor to talk to you. You're uh, the big brother that I never had, and I love you. Well, thank you. I appreciate I love you, too. I love you, too. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I appreciate you. Let's, uh, let's go out and continue to encourage people to always invest in what they love. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Paul Ellis reminding you to invest in what you love.